Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And today um, I've got a special guest. I mean, before I introduce him, I will immediately apologise for being about seven minutes late. Um, Massive technical difficulties trying to get this one going. Um, But first of all, before we dive into that and show you exactly why there's been technical difficulties, Dan at DanHughes99 is on uh, as he is on Twitter, one of the Five Yard Dynasty writers, uh, the host for Five Yard Rush, um, of the Five Yard flagship show, one of the UKFFC organisers, he helps out with the BFFL. Uh, the list goes on, Dan. You can plug yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can plug everything when when you've got a chance. But yeah, how are you doing? But it's been it's been a long time you? since getting you on. It has been a long time since we we speak a lot, but a long time since we sat down and looked at each other in the eyes doing it, right? So, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the last time must have been what the UK FFC that we've looked at each other like this. Yeah, it's it's been yeah, been a time. It was good fun. That was good fun, right? We're gonna do it again this year. Yeah, it was good fun, and that, that's a perfect segue into uh, a shameless plug that we both wanted to drop. And um, we've got some big news from the UK FFC point of view this week. Um, it involves one of the big names over in the US um, and some news that he's going to drop as well. That's as much hint as I'm going to give. Um, but just keep an eye out at underscore UKFFC on Twitter or at uh, UKFFC on Facebook. The news will be going out on both. Tickets are £10. Um, and if you don't know what the UKFFC is, it's a convention style uh, charity fo- fancy football event. We had 80 people last year or 80 attendees uh, last year raised over two and a half, oh, no, over £2,000 for the Mind charity. This year, uh, we're raising money for the MPS Society and hoping to be much bigger uh, than it was last year. So, shameless plug out the way, Dan. Um, as we do with every interview, 
um, or every guest we have an interview and just wanted to ask you when you'd started playing fantasy football. I know that you've been in it uh, quite a while compared to some of the other guests I've had on, such as myself. Um, I've probably played fantasy football now eight, nine years, maybe ten, that sort of time frame. Um, local leagues, friend leagues. And I guess like most just prior to lockdown, started to find that the sleeper came out and and things like that. And it, that kind of exploded from there, didn't it? So, um, but yeah, no, I've probably been playing fantasy football in one way or another for probably close to 10 years now. And then how long have you been creating content? So we've just listed a bunch of things you do. Um, and I know that's not all of it, but what? How, how did you get into it? How long have you been doing it? Because that's something that varies from person to person. Um, yeah, not very long, and I don't do as much as I want to. Um, I'd like to write more time constraints and a quick turnaround, and the writing side of it really does prohibit me a little bit. Um, but the hosting, I, I've done work for football clubs before on hosting stuff, and I have my own show, and Murph asked me to come in and help out when, when stuff took a step back on the flagship show. And, yeah, it's going from strength to strength. Murph's someone I know incredibly well through our Bucks fan together. We talk a lot in the fantasy community, so... And then obviously being part of Five Yard is what got me into to knowing you guys and Rich and and we've kind of put the UK FFC together from a dream and a vision I guess we all individually had that kind of realised we were each on the same page. So that went together. Um, as for the BFFL, Simo lives just down the road from me, but I saw it on Twitter and uh, reached out and said, hey, this looks interesting. Old school, spreadsheet-based fantasy league. Um, uh, and I love it. The community he has managed to build there is, is phenomenal. It's over 100 people now, 100 teams. Um, it's good fun. It is good fun. Yeah, BFFL is great. And for those that are listening that haven't heard of it, it's the British Fantasy Football League. It's a promotion style. So, so think about English football. Um, like you have your Premier League, you have the Championship, League One, League Two, going all the way down. Um Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there are what eight, seven, eight leagues. Um, there's I know two now, more this year. There's now five promotion relegation tiers. There's a best ball tier and then two feeder leagues. So, yeah, we're looking at eight different leagues. The, the top six are now 16 team divisions. Um, so, they're pretty in depth. Uh, so we're over 100, 110 teams on that now. Between all those two top so Dan, we haven't. Well. Yeah, it is ma- it is massively tough. Um, I joined the the bulldog, so that's the first lot or the, the highest point of the best ball um, situations last year. And um, I admittedly thought it was PPR, and it wasn't. So I loaded up on wide receivers. And, yep. Yeah, loaded up on wide receivers, and it didn't go as smoothly as I hoped. Um, so we are we aren't here to just plug everything under the sun. We are here for an actual Five Yard Dynasty show, and that show yeah. today, if you've been on Twitter, has been you, you'll have seen it. Um, and it's the 2023 rookie draft. We're going to be doing a live draft. I've got 12 people, including Dan. Dan's going to be picking his own team. Um, I've decided to take a step back here, and we're going to be doing a 30 second timer. Looking at who is online, um, I'm quite worried a certain few people aren't on, but we'll we'll skip ahead. Um, 
and let's get this into the studio. So there you go. You can, should be able to see it. Um, and let's get this thing kicked off. So, Toma, if you are listening. It is, yeah. Been a good time around. Rookies we know nothing about. No draft capital assigned to him. No landing spot assigned to him. We're, we're assuming yes. this is Superflex here, Liam. Is that right? It is, yes. Superflex. So um, this is the interesting part here because we could see yeah. Bijan Robinson go. Yeah, sure. Bijan yeah, Robinson. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty consensus. I think for two years he's probably been the one I won in this year's rookie draft. Even in a super yeah, it depends on how low he goes because we could expect um, some quarterbacks to go. Jordan Addison has the um, 102 there. That's an interesting pick. I like Addison a lot. Um, I'm totally not sure. No, I'm not sure I'm picking him at the 102. Um, I know. This... Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. That, that that would be a dream scenario at 104. But what I'm talking about... Intentionally, because there's a little turning point at four for me in Superflex, I think. There is, and this is where I see the, the teardrop once those quarterbacks have gone. Um, if Coach Bruce isn't around, we're just going to have to let the clock run down and it'll go on to auto. Let me turn this sound off because it is well, really in the they, background. In trouble. Um, yeah, ADP is going to be okay. Um Zay Flowers, so that's that's not exactly who I would have gone with, but more more wide receivers so far. Um, so for those podcast listeners, the the current um, standings are Bijan Robinson one hundred one, Jordan Addison one hundred two, Chris uh, CJ Sloud one hundred three, Bryce Young to add Dan one hundred four, Zay Flowers one hundred five, Jackson Smith. Uh, I should have looked up how to pronounce his name. In Jigba, I believe is how you say it. Yeah, um, I think you're right there. Yeah. We've got another one. Oh, yeah. Is 106. Um, I'm going to change that player hopefully quickly to Jamar Gibbs, just because I think that's going to be the consensus 104. Um, so we see 107 is Jamal Gibbs and um, 108 is Zach Evans. Now, Dan, we'll come back to your 104 and let this draft run a little bit. Um, Bryce Young at 104 is going to be a dream scenario, um, I'd expect, especially in quarter, in Superflex. But do you see how, – how do you rank CJ Stroud and Bryce Young? Are they kind of neck and neck for you? I see some people liking one over the other a lot more. How do you feel about those two? I've got Bryce Young slightly ahead, but I think it, it is a toss of a coin and, and a landing spot will determine a lot on who has the quickest route to, to success. I mean, we saw even this year with Malik Willis has stopped growing after the combine and draft and so on, and he was probably one of the biggest letdowns so far of the draft because of playing time. So um, Bryce Young is who I'd pick if I had a clear shot in a 1-2 spot. But I'm not fussed with either of them there. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, I mean, I'm going through my film evaluations at the moment. They aren't finished, but I kind of have them neck yeah. and neck from what I've seen. Um, I mean, I mean, I can't really... I'm splitting hairs without knowing the draft capital behind it. Um, 
So let's talk about that 104 we spoke about earlier. Um, or we expect to be the 104 is Jamar Gibbs, or at least that's where I've got him. Is that where you're kind of sat at the moment at 104? Because you said that there's a, a, a kind of a pivot point, a, a bit of a cliff. Yeah. I think four in here. I think three game Robinson will go one, one. I think Stroud and Young should be two and three and nearly all rookie drafts I think we see this year. Four for me is then where the turning point is. You, I think Jamar Gibbs is a huge prospect. I think if either Anthony Richardson or uh, Will Levis get draft capital and start to root. I think their upside in a super flex is phenomenal. And if you're short on QBs, that's a real gamble point and something you could pick up there. Um, <clears throat> or we've seen recently with the emergence of picking QB, uh, picking wide receivers and having the length and the duration of careers, any of Addison, Smith and Jigba or even Johnson um, being the way to go there. So I think the 1-4 is the first place where you're really kind of looking at your roster and your build and and value, really, for me. Yeah, I think 104 is is the, the tough spot because that's where the there feels like a clear drop before draft capital has been announced and and that side of the picture has been um, made clear. But I think with Jamar Gibbs, I, I just feel like he is a step up from the other the other court, uh, the other running backs. Like if we think about last year, we had Brees and we had Kenneth Walker, and some people were putting Spiller into that that tier, but I didn't quite see them there, um, and nor did the NFL, to be fair. But um, I kind of see that situation again, where it's those two in tiers of their own, and then we've kind of got everyone else. Let's look at the wide receivers in the first round. So we saw Quentin Johnson go at the one hundred nine. So that makes up Addison, Zay Flowers. Um, Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba and Quentin Johnson as the four wide receivers in the first round. Um, is there anyone out of those four that you particularly like, you're high on? Um, I know that I've got one above the rest, but I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, my favourite is on whether Johnson. that's it. Quentin Johnson oh, okay. is my favourite at the minute. Um, big bodied outside receiver. Um, six four. Uh, I think he's two hundred and odd pound. Um, he's gonna have a huge size and size weight advantage over most corners in the league. Um, I've got him very much a kind of Mike Evans, Mike Williams type outside receiver there at the minute. Um, could be a huge red zone threat with that size. Um, and his pace is. I mean, the combine will tell us a little bit more, but I don't think it's to be. Too bad for a guy of his size. I think he's going to be comparable. So, um, yeah, he's the one I'm looking at in the minute. Jackson Smith and Jigra, I think, could be a, a target monster running in the slots and slim routes. Uh, but for me, I think longevity, longevity of career, career, Quentin Johnson's where I'm looking at. I can I can understand where you're going with that. The guy that I like out of everyone is Jordan Addison. Um, yep. I, I think the he he has that speed and I've always I don't know whether this is something that I need to change in my film um in my film review, but I'm always drawn to the speedy, flashy, good route running, um like just those normal guys rather than like a big power guy. you can quote me going back to the um Do you need a pause? Sorry, Dan. Are you good? Uh, have I got time? How long have we got? Oh, okay. <laughs> who, 
Who do you want instead? We'll, we'll change the player. Stetson Bennett's not a fair shout. Leave it there, go on. Okay. Okay. So, uh, for everyone listening, that's the third round. We're still talking about the first. Um, yeah, I prefer Jordan Addison, but then I've got Quentin Johnson as my two and um, Jackson Smith and Jupiter as my three. Well, I've got Addison as my two. Yeah, I've got Johnson and Addison. Yeah. And then I've got Jupiter as my yeah. three. So, which um, I think draft capital is going to be key. Huge value at three. Yeah, yeah. I I think draft capital is going to be huge for those three players just to see where they go. Um, so let let's move on to the quarterbacks that have gone. So to round out the first round, uh, we had Zach Charbonnet at the one ten, um, McBride at the one eleven, um, a running back that I'm not particularly familiar with um, by name. Right. I haven't done film review on him. Um, and then Will Levis won 12, and straight after it, the 201 was Anthony Richardson. Now, those two quarterbacks, you, you mentioned Will Levis. Um, do you think that that's a bit late in in, um, in drafts, in super flex drafts? I'm looking at those thinking they're actually quite um, quite good values at quarterback if we kind of see a, a Herbert or a Zach Wilson kind of Bad example with Zach Wilson, but that kind of value going that late, you could easily flip yeah, leave us and Richardson. Leave us and Richardson get the landing spot on the draft capital. Their upside would even warrant them being picked where I am, sitting at the one four. I can yeah. see that if you get a direct route. The upside they both have could be huge. Picking Andy Richardson up at the, the two one um, in a super fix league for me shouldn't be happy. I think. All four of those QBs should be going first round rookie super flexes. Um, and I reckon if you can get one at the 110 or beyond, you could be stealing them. Because, I mean, they may bust. Let's face it, they may. They've both got question yeah. marks. But the upside of both of them is huge. I mean, all, all picks will have, all rookies will have question marks. It, there's no guarantee on any of them. But yeah, I, I, I feel the same. That's why I kind of phrased the question the way that it was. Um, if they're quarterbacks and they get taken in the first round, then it's a, it, it's a simple, they've got to go in the first round in a rookie draft. Um, or at least that's how I see it. So looking at the other uh, the other picks after Anthony Richardson at the 201, we've got Tank Bigsby, one of my draft crushes just on film, was 202. Um, Ty J Spears, 203. Marvin Mims, uh, 204. I think Tank Bigsby going at the 202 is value. Um, as I said, I'm a, he's, he's my draft crush this year. I tried to stray away from the undersized running back that is flashy, but um, will get tackled early, kind of like the Gen- Kenneth Gainwell of a few years ago. Uh, I absolutely yeah. fell for him. And that's the other guy that I wanted to talk about. Ty J. Spears reminds me a lot of him based on his um, on his film so where do you fall on both of those two because to me i'd probably be drafting ty j spears a little bit later on and tank bigsby a little bit earlier on okay i like both of them um who do i prefer who do i prefer yeah i probably prefer bigsby a little bit to be honest although spears showed recently that he can work out okay i think there's something there um I've seen rankings both ways, to be honest with you. 
I've seen rankings have Spears higher, especially after the Pro Bowl workouts and that. So, but no, I like I like Big Speed. I think we see McBride taken in the first, um, which I don't think he will be. So, I think Big Speed probably fills that slot one eleven a little bit more yeah. in the draft. I think it'd be all open there on on the way we had this, just spread it out a little bit. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you there. The auto is not the best right now because there's not a lot of ADP going around. Um, so th- there's not a lot that we can really do on that. Um, so looking at the draft board, we've, we've got um, Rice going at the 206, Douglas 207. Um, are, are there any names that are jumping out to you? I mean, I'm looking at uh, Keyshawn Booty at um, eleven. And higher at two twelve, yeah, those two are the ones that really jump out to me. I mean, Downs has been seeing a lot of um, hype on Twitter at three hundred one. Yeah. Do you think those should be a little bit higher up? And do you think they would have been if the, these autos had been a bit better? Yeah, I looked at those names at the two four. Um, thought it was probably a little bit too early. I think anywhere sort of two six and beyond is probably where yeah. they're going to fall. Um, <clears throat> I quite like Marvin Mims in the slot. I've got him at 2-4. Um, I think Marvin Mims, to be fair, is one of those players that could go early second and could go early third, depending on how actual people view him within your draft and, and their needs. But no, Bruce Hyatt downs, comparable, so much variance on landing spot with those guys right now. Um, Hyatt, I feel, is going to be a fantastic best four addition. Um I think he could be a player that's really hit and miss most weeks in terms of actually starting him in a roster. Um, yeah. no, they're, they're good value there. Sorry, Dan, I think my internet cut out there. Um, oh, I said, yeah, getting those yeah. guys at the 2 3 turn is good value. Good value. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. But after that, I'm kind of starting to look at some of the guys that are have gone and finding myself quite out of depth because as I've said I've I've only been doing my film yeah. review for a few, a few weeks so I'm now looking at names that I'm not hugely familiar on I mean Hendon Hooker's been getting a bit of hype but I don't think he's going to be going in the first or second round so that kind of pushes him into that Malik Willis kind of range if not further on um, and I, I can see in the third and fourth round You've got two, four, six quarterbacks that have been taken. So that makes 10 overall in this draft. Um, yeah. I think that's a bit of wishful thinking. Maybe some of the autos kind of didn't help there. Um, but I do think that we're not going to see as many quarterbacks go when landing spot and draft capital are determined. Because yeah. um, I think eight is fair. I can make a case for seven or eight of those being gone. Yeah. I think that's how big league is. And- someone as well right well yeah definitely and it i suppose if you've got a five round um draft then you'll probably see a couple more quarterbacks going the fifth because um just just taking that up the side is going to be immense um uh we've got a few a few tight ends on here as well and i see uh mayor at the 306 and i've yep. seen a lot of people are high on him but he's actually the tight end too and i think that is down to a auto before him because Ford did go at the 305. So I think that was an auto pick. But Mayer at the 360, is he your tight end one in this class? 
He is, yeah. I just struggle. And this is a personal thing. Anybody that's listening to me on Murph on the flagship show will know. Not a fan of tight ends. And I'm going to struggle to draft any rookie tight ends whatsoever in any rookie draft in any league I'm in. I just can't bring myself to do it. The, how can I put it? The, the differential at the position for the mid-range guys is so small. The route to both NFL success and fantasy success for somebody in a tight end position is, it takes years to get there, generally speaking. Even look at Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts came out of the draft as one of the greatest receiving prospects at tight end ever. He was going first top four or five picks of rookie drafts. Um, has he really made that impact? No. So, does he fall any difference in terms of general tight end there? Is he in the bunch with the likes of Gerald Everett and, and people like that? He probably is in terms of where he's at. So, for me, I very much doubt I will ever be drafting a rookie tight end in a rookie draft. Yeah. In my first year, I took Noah Fant in the second in a one-quarterback league, and um, I was quite happy on the initial return investment on that. And after that, not very much. Um, And Kyle Pitts is the only other tight end I've taken that isn't just an absolute flyer in the fourth or fifth round and just hoped for the best. Um, But even then, I'd still take a fourth or fifth round running back or quarterback in a super flex and just hope they find a path. Why would yeah, you not? Like, I mean, Elijah Mitchell. I had so much Elijah Mitchell. Fourth and fifth round draft a couple of years back. I mean, how many leagues this year did um, uh, Purdy get drafted in? Probably not very many. Well, not many. Yeah, not many. <laughs> Unless it was five round super flex. And even then, you're probably not drafting him. Even then, Bailey Zappi and stuff. Just guys that will have increased in value. Um, yeah. But yeah, last year I think I took tight end in not many of my leagues. And if I did, it would have been like fourth, fifth round where they dropped an extra round where they probably shouldn't have, or I thought they shouldn't have. Someone like a Jelani Woods or a Greg Dorsich in the very late rounds. Apart from that, I'm just smashing um, the other three positions, quarterback, wide receiver and running back. And talking of running back, though... It's a technical position that there is is, ocean and development needed. Running back with the greatest respect, other than the blocking and the pass blocking and site assignments, it's head down and run the ball as hard as you can, as quickly as you can, effectively. So, yeah, the, to, the NFL field is quicker and easier. Yes, yes, definitely. And um, tight ends, I love watching the tight end tape. Um, I don't know what, 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 why I'm drawn to the tight end tape, I just love watching it, but. I just don't see any of them making an immediate impact. And that's what puts me off. And that's why I watch all my tight ends last, because there's no point in me watching them until um, I really need to. Um, So we've had a couple of comments from the guys in the draft about Kendry Miller. Is that how you say the name? Uh, Miller at 308. Um, Yep. I think he was the guy that we ended up repicking um, Gibbs for at the 107, and he seemed to have dropped off people's draft boards. Maybe people didn't see that we repicked him, but um, yep. based on the reaction, he should not be going at 308. He, no, he admittedly, is not one of the guys I've done film on, but I have been seeing his name in the second round in some of the mock drafts I've tried to look at. Miller's six foot. 
220 odd pounds. His college career average is over three and a half yards after contact per attempt, which is phenomenal. Um, he's got great spin moves and hurdles and so on within his thing. Uh, he's got missed tackles everywhere. Yeah, 13 games, including the Big 12 Championship, he had 1,300 yards on 216 carries and 6.2 yards a carry. Um, he has risen and risen. The nearer the draft gets for me, um, the better he's looking to be. So you say you haven't done tape on him yet? No, I haven't. He is one of the next ones to do. Um, but a guy that I had done tape on is Sean Tucker. Like, a landing spot. Wouldn't surprise me if he went back into the first, depending on his landing spot in this draft. In a uh, draft, not in that. Yeah, that that's quite interesting because if he does get a good um, draft capital, that will always help running backs. As I said, there was uh, a guy that has gone a bit later on that I've done tape on, and that's Sean Tucker. The 401. I didn't quite expect him to go that late. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of expected him to go a little bit earlier. Do you think that he can sneak into that second round? Or because I've seen people really like him, I'm not sold 100% on him. There are still bits that I want to see more out of from a foot for a fancy football point of view, but still think that he's if you're picking him up in the fourth, he could be that Elijah Mitchell um, kind of sleeper. He's fantastic. I think if you're getting him exactly. three, two onwards, you've probably found a bit of value. Yeah. Um, will he rise to the mid-second? Again, we've, there's so many variables at play here that, yes, he's moving his yeah. landing spot. If he finds an easy route to the starting role, um, I don't know, let's say someone like Denver pick him up. Yes, they got Devontae Williams coming off an injury, shared backfield. Yeah, he's got a route to almost be a starter there, depending on how Javante Williams is injury plans out early. If he's got the route to start early, um, he's got the right to earn the role. Uh, so that kind of thing, yeah, I think you can see him jump up mid-second, late-second. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So um, looking at the last two rounds for podcast listeners, I'm just going to read them out for you. So you've got um, Josh... Josh Downs at the 301, Hendon Hooker 302, Evan Hall 303, um, Stetson Bennett at 304, 305 was Marshawn Ford, 306, Michael Mayer, as we mentioned earlier, 37 was Malik Cunningham, um, 38 was Kendry Miller, 39 was Israel Abinakanda. 
That was an awful pronunciation, but we'll go with it. Uh, 3.10 was Dalton. Uh, why are you throw? Come on, sleeper. Why are you throwing me all these uh, names that I haven't prepped for? Dalton Kinade? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fine. Um, 3.11, Jaron Hall, and 3.12 was Lewis Nichols. So that was the third round. Any names that we haven't spoken about so far, Dan, that you're surprised to see there, that you're surprised not to have gone higher, or do you think that's kind of what we're going to expect around that, uh, that third round? Hall, maybe, I guess, super flexible if you've got some third round and they must be taking a punt on someone. Fair, I guess, because the back end of the fourth yeah. is going to be there. So, um, but I don't, I don't like it. They say the value all the tight ends, as said for me. I, I don't like unless you're incredibly tight and needy, and there's a clear route to start. <laughs> yeah. and I don't see any of them. I don't see any of them becoming yeah. one of the this year. Um, so I'd move everybody up half around according to that, effectively, and take them out. But no, nothing there. As I said, we talk about variables in terms of landing spot and draft capital, but the variables not in play here as well is each person's roster build. How are you? Yes, definitely. What have you got? Like, the two and three in front of me here, Evan and, and Andy Davis, have took a tight end in the fourth. For me, they've come 11th and 10th in this division. I don't think drafting a tight end is ultimately going to help them, even yeah. in the fourth. It becomes a success because the value to pass on isn't good enough. So take a hit on a running back, land Elijah Mitchell, sell them on, make profit, turn it around. If you're rebuilding your roster, do that. If not, pick up a wide receiver, someone with longevity that could actually make a role and form their self position. You can keep them on your roster for 12 years. We, we know so what... Um, might end being worthwhile. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. As I said earlier, I didn't really draft any tight ends. Um, in rookie drafts last year. But what I was going to say is we know that the ex-co-host of the Five Yard Dynasty show, the one that got Five Yard Dynasty up and running, uh, Rich at Dynasty Island, is famous for taking um, running backs and nothing else when he gets to the third and fourth rounds. You know, I, I know you've been in startups with him, uh, as, as have I, obviously. And in normal startups, he will just take running back after running back after running back. And you just see 10 to 15 rounds at the end of a dynasty starter of just green for a sleeper because it's just running backs all the time. And that's what he does in um, in rookie drafts as well. And I, I completely get it. There are some wide receivers that I might consider, but otherwise running backs are probably going to hit in the first or second year. After that, they're probably not making it at all. Um, if they have the tight so. ends there, I'd take a pot of the QBs in the Superflex. Sat on a yeah. taxi squad or left in there. You may potentially have a value to trade on. A running back or a, a QB in those late rounds for me, pick a guy that you like and, and take a punt on it. And if they find a route to start in, um, you've either then got a start or you've got trade value. You can actually try and flip around and build your roster, especially if you're in the early picks of a rookie draft, because you need help and work. So, and that's another reason I think it's fourth. The fourth spot, your roster could be anything. It could be atrocious, just not as bad as those, or it could be you actually just need to retool a little bit and yeah. make that sixth spot. So, it's a real open, flexible position for me being at the four in a rookie draft. But yeah, so, QB's yeah. running backs. Take them. Yeah. 
So um, going for the fourth round for the podcast listeners that can't see, got Sean Tucker at the 401, Darnell Washington 402, Luke Musgrave 403. Um, you want to help me out on this one, Dan? <laughs> um, there's Avian Faraday. I'm not sure how he pronounced it. Yeah, Arizona State running back. Yeah, Xavier Valaday sounds right, but I'll have to go away and and have a look at some pronunciations after this. Uh, So that was a 404. Dan Dan must have taken him just to um, put me on the spot. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) 405 is Clayton Tune, 406, Jake Honer, Um, 407, Payne Durham. 408 is Deuce Fawn, 49 Kenny McIntosh, 410 Eric Gray, 411 Benton Strange, 412 CJ Johnson. Now, outside of Sean Tucker, I'm completely out of my depth. I've I've seen Luke Musgrave's name around, but as a tight end, I'm sure we've covered bashing a tight end way too much on this podcast. It's only been 35 minutes. And I'm pretty sure we could say we've spent 10, 15 minutes on tight ends. So yeah, 32, yeah. So tell me more about Xavier and Valaday. Um, I'm assuming you picked him for a reason other than just to trip me up on my pronunciation. I did. And I actually think he'll be available later in drafts, but he is we're trying to do this right to put the product out at the end of the day. And I think the Xavier, Zixazar, Xavier, I don't know. Let's call him Valley for short. Um, <laughs> yeah, Valley. That'll do. One of the guys I like as a late round. He's a six foot running back. Uh, he weighs two hundred pounds. He was a fifth year transfer to Arizona State, which isn't wonderful. But in the year he played at Arizona State as a senior, uh, twelve games he had just shy of twelve hundred yards, so eleven ninety two uh, on two hundred and fifteen carries. He came out with five and a half yards per carry uh, and sixteen touchdowns. Um, but what I also like in the passing game, he had 37 receptions for 289 yards, which, um, what's that, six and a half yards of a reception there. So I like him. Um, as a yeah, I think he's got playmaking ability. I don't think he's that explosive, but he's a big back. He can carry the ball. He can catch the ball. Um I think he's somebody that could find himself a decent role in the in the NFL depending on the roster he lands on. And he is somebody hey, I take a punt on late in drafts for sure. He isn't gonna be a star name. He'll yeah, be a memorable sounds... name. <laughs> yeah, he will be a memorable name. Um yeah, it's, those are the type of guys that you kind of want to look at. I mean, six foot, two hundred and ten to two twenty pounds is kind of like not average, but that's the kind of size that you want to look at. Um, I mean, Kenny McIntosh kick, uh, ticks those boxes, but I'm looking at his um, stats right now, and it doesn't impress me a whole lot. Rich might be trying to tear his um, headphones off right now as a Georgia fan, but um, he didn't eclipse 1,000 rushing yards. He did have a lot of receiving yards of 500 in his last year, so... Um, he could be a guy to look at. That's, that's one name that I'm going to have to put in my uh, my film for straight after this podcast because I, I like the look of him. And if you can get him in the fourth, that sounds pretty good as well. Um, but if, say you didn't get um, Valaday at the end, who would you have gone for? 
just looking at the names that are after and the names that haven't gone, is there a, another guy that you're targeting in this fourth round? Oh, good question. Um, Keaton Mitchell, did he go? Can't see him on there. I don't think he did. Let's have a look. He didn't, did he? No, he didn't. He's still on the board. Um, so, Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. Keaton Mitchell is a East Carolina player. Um, I'm an East Carolina college fan. So, <laughs> like I, I have a lot of people. I have a lot of Zay Jones purely on that basis that he's one of the few fantasy-based ECU players that's made in the NFL. So, um, <laughs> and why not? Like that's that. the, the benefit of supporting a, a lesser-known college, right? Is to actually follow the yeah. guys through their career and have the benefit of it. And um, yeah, so I'm going to highlight Keaton Mitchell, decent player. I don't think he's going to set any records or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but 22 as a junior, 11 games, 1,300 yards uh, on 180 attempts is 7.5 yards of carry. Um, no fumbles as well, 25 receptions for 235 yards. So he's decent. He's, he's an elite as a receiver, which, I, again, I think will help. He can play out of the slot. Um, good natural hands. Um, catch and run situations, things like that, he's going to be good for. He's not great as pass blocker, which I think may actually hinder his time getting on the field. Um, he's not wonderful at bursting through the box, that turn of speed, uh, and the power in his cuts, but, and he isn't the biggest either, but he is somebody I will personally be supporting and following through their NFL career, because that's what I like about following a smaller college uh, and the yeah. players they have is there's very few of them to follow. We're not LSU, we're not Alabama, we're not best with 63 wide receivers taken in the last 10 years in the NFL and so on. So, um, yeah, anything I've got, late fourth round picks, early fifth round picks, Keaton Mitchell will be amongst my highest rostered players on that basis that I want to see the guy succeed. I mean, it also helps that um, it's not a tight end and it's a running back. So. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'll give it's you that. Back, that is, it's a running back that can catch the ball and play out the slot. There is a route yeah. to NFL success for him there. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, like Kenny Gainwell, and I keep banging on about it because I'm still upset about it to this day. And I'm hoping that he gets his chance this year with Sanders not around. Um, yeah. But I, so let's recap this first round and. Um, because I'm running out of things to say about a fourth round pick right now. Um, let's recap this first round, Dan. And I suppose the biggest question I have for you is we, we were talking about the 104 in normal drafts, maybe being the, the drop-off point, and you're looking at Bijan, um, Stroud and Young being the one, the one to the one three in some combination. And then were you in agreement that Gibbs was 104? I think 104 will depend on your roster and your build and why you're at four. Okay. As I say, four can be a mess of a roster that is just better yeah. than what else is out there. Uh, and four can yeah. be one that just needs a couple of position change and a couple of retools to become playoff worthy. Um, yeah. So for me, Bijan, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, 
will probably go one to three, and I'd love to speak to Andy and find out why he took Addison at two, because he said he had a reason for it, and I'd, I'd love to know what it is. Andy, if you're listening, pop a message in the chat, because I want to know why. Um, but they'll be one, two, three. It will then depend on who you like best in terms of draft capital. If if Will Levis or Anthony Richardson get a starting role based on draft capital on the NFL draft night, and it's super flex, I can see why you take them up one four. If you want longevity of a career and they've gone, pick Quinton Johnson, Jordan Addison, whoever your favourite wide receiver is, and stick them in your lineup and leave them there for 15 years. If you like Jamar Gibbs and you think, in the real NFL draft, I could see Jamar Gibbs being drafted before BJ Roberts. See, that's fantasy, why I like. In the NFL world. That's why I like Gibbs, is because I think that. He is for, for an NFL team a close second to Bijan. I know that everyone's like Bijan's one hundred one. That's crazy that anything's going to change. But I I don't think Gibbs in a real NFL situation is going to be too far away from Bijan in terms of what it they're going to be on, to do. Correct. And what these NFL organizations are looking for, I could see a situation where the organization goes Gibbs will suit us better than Bijan, and I can see why they would go that way. I don't think it matters ultimately in terms of fantasy rookie draft coming off the back of it, uh, unless the landing spot for Bijan is horrendous. Uh, but no, I think the one four. There's probably six players. What we got? We've got Addison Johnson and Jigba. If that's the way you want to go, Levis Richardson and Jamal Gibbs. There's six players there, but in theory, yeah. you could make an argument for all of them at the one four. And that, from so there onwards, your draft change. See, that's interesting because out of those six, you didn't name a second running back. And I know a lot yeah, of Jamar people Gibbs. like running backs. No, I mean, apart no. from Jamar Gibbs, there's not another running okay. back in that six. So nope. that was going to be my next question is, who is your next running back on the board? Because you've got guys like Zach Evans, Zach Charbonnet, um, Tank Bigsby we spoke about earlier, and same with Ty J Spears. All of these names that are kind of being thrown around. Who is your your next running back after Gibbs? Uh, it is Zach Evans, and I have Charbonnet just behind. Um, my five might surprise you, though. Go my on, five then. is That's Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Okay. Bear in mind that I'm going off film alone because the way that I do my rankings is I will look at film for everyone. And then I, when the NFL releases their film rankings, I'll put their grades in as well. Um, and then I'll look at production once I've done the film study so I don't tarnish or, or bias myself from looking at the production saying, oh, well, this person's better than this from stats. Um, so I haven't fully looked, but I'm, I'm looking at Sean Tucker and thinking I like Bigsby more, I like Gibbs more. Um, okay. Spears, I kind of see around the same level, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's bad by any chance. I, as I said, I think that in the 401, that's insane value, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have him as highly as you, I'll put it that way. So, um, after Gibbs, what I'm looking at is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what makes this year so much fun because there's no clear wide receiver one. There's no clear quarterback one right now. And there's no clear running back three onwards. 
I think everything is open apart from running back one, maybe running back two, um, and that's it. I think I think there's a teardrop. After the first three picks, I think all rookie drafts are going to be so varied. Yeah, and I think those first three picks. I think those first three picks are going to be varied as well, depending on the draft capital that is dropped. I think yeah. that you, you could easily see Bijan going 103 in some situations where people need quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting one. But, yeah, the way that I see it right now is Tank Bigsby is my three, uh, Zach Charbonnet my four, Spears my five, and okay. Tucker my six. Um, okay. Bear in mind, yeah, I haven't. Be able to no, I haven't. No, so the, the, there's a few guys. Guys. No, Come the, on. There's a few guys that I still need to have a look at. Um, I know that Evan, who was at the 103, was um, was killing himself for not taking, um, or not killing himself, but I think he was quite surprised that, again, another name that I'm not going to be great on, uh, is that Arcane? Arcane? At uh, 209. The chain, um, that's there you go. Whatever that is. And um, he went at the 209. He was quite surprised about that. So um, I just think that this draft is going to be incredibly um, opinionated, is the best way to put it. Uh, that might clear up after draft capital. But right now, it kind of feels like no mock is actually the same. Uh, it might actually be as early as that we're doing it as well. Yeah, it's horrible right now, take your pick. And I think we'll see a consensus come out. So when we draft start after the NFL draft, I think so many, I don't know, mid-first to late on, guys will just be following ADP a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Those leagues where you've got guys that are hobby players, if you will, that play you know, a handful of leagues for fun and don't follow it much. Those guys, you know, that, that will play to the championship, they'll dip out, they'll come back to the rookie draft in... May and then you won't see him again till September. You'll get a consensus on ADP because of the way the ADP setup is and what it is. I would love to, and it's something I do in one of my leagues. We don't run the rookie board by ADP. We run it alphabetically. That would be interesting. You can just start after the sleeper allows you to do it. You can start all alphabetically, yeah. and you don't I know get any force yeah. value then. Your value is your value. You're not looking at it going. Well, it says here I should take this guy, this guy, this guy, or this one. It's up to you. Go find the guy you want and take him where you want him. It's a really – anybody that hasn't done it, it's a really interesting way to do a draft out there. Um, and I think, I'm, as I say, we'll fall into a consensus because of ADP and what it is and how that works. But I think that if you've done the legwork, you could find some real bargains making drafts as a result of it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of that. And I might have to try and change. I, I either change one or I'm just going to have to do another startup and, and get rookies <laughs> in there like that. Um, so do we start up. Do you start up? Hate to say That would be interesting. A startup. Nobody has a value. The value is what that, you put. Yeah, yeah that, that would be something to look at, maybe as a podcast. But we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll stop there because we have an answer from Andy as to why he picked Addison at the 102. So according to Andy, he picked the he picked Addison because he's seen less he's seen running backs as less valuable in fantasy football at the moment, which is fair enough. The dynasty landscape for running backs is not very good whatsoever. Um 
like me, Andy loved the tape. Um, and with running backs being devalued right now, taking a wide receiver, especially the best one on his board, um, made sense. And yeah, I can't fault that whatsoever. No. Um, exactly uh, what we said, the, the four slot right there is those guys you can take. Yeah. I think at the two, I'd probably be taking the value of a QB in a super flex league over a wide receiver, but it depends how your build is. You may just have had three QBs in his roster all injured for him. In which case, yeah. he doesn't have the need for a Stroud or a Young. So, in this instance, we weren't trading. Try and back up the spots, pick him up there, or take him as you did, Andy. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. Yeah, I can see the reasoning. And as you said, team build might jump in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I personally don't agree with not taking those two quarterbacks ahead of him. But I can easily see Addison at four. And that top four being just slightly rejigged around. Um but yeah, I, I think that's everything from this mock draft, Dan. Um, yeah. I mean, we could go on about all these different names, but it's all going to change when it comes to the draft. I will be doing more of these um, in the coming weeks and months, hoping hoping that I get at least two more in before the draft, hopefully three. Um, because it's fun just seeing these names drop out and see seeing all these different... Yeah. Um, values as you said might have to do one with just um, alpha or might have to do them all alphabetical from now on uh, just so we can see that actual value come through rather than ADP. It rewards those that do the legwork because you don't just fall into what everybody else picks so yeah I, I, I love doing it that way it's good fun. Um, before we get out of here guys I did notice that I didn't mention the um, brain teaser that I ended last week's show on. So that was with Lewis looking at the end of season review for the rookies. That was because we we're about six minutes in and we we're still talking um, and um, doing the introductions and we wanted to get this going for everyone else. So now that we're at the end, the question, Dan, I'll put you on the spot and see whether you can come up with the answer, um, is which rookie drafted both in May 2022 ADP and January 2023 ADP um, rose the most. So we're talking about 2022 rookies here. So who rose the most between 2022 May and 2023 January? The obvious one would be Brock Purdy, I guess. Brock Purdy was um, one of the risers, but no, he oh, no. wasn't actually. He wasn't actually drafted in no, he wasn't. May so twenty-two. Yeah. So that's why um, he's not one of the biggest risers. Because if you take um, undrafted as basically a, a really, really low grade, yeah. uh, a really, really low ranking, then he would have been. But because he was undrafted, no. So, can you think of anyone in startup ADP that would have been drafted last year and then rose? What position we're looking at? Give me a. I'll give you a hint. It's a running back. Okay. Rose. And we've heard a lot of his name during the playoffs. I'll give you that. I ain't Rashad White then. That was where I was going there. So uh, that's that one out. <laughs> no, oh. not Rashad White. We heard a lot of it. Not as I have Chaco, I guess, because I, I, I think he was overdrafted early on anyway because yeah. of the landing spot. So I'd imagine he's a faller. Actually, uh, that's where you'd be wrong, Dan. It was oh, Isaiah Pacheco. It was. Really? I was quite, I was quite surprised by this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was quite surprised by it, but yeah, it was Isaiah Pacheco. Wow. I am surprised. I thought he'd be a full off landing spot would have caused him. I mean, look at the uh, the other one that one of the biggest falls, I guess, from last year to now has got to be Sky Moore. Sky Moore got talked into a late first round pick in a lot of rookie drafts last year because of the landing yeah, spot. Well. Well, yeah, I'm exactly. I'm yeah. drafted in starts this year, probably. Yeah, that, that's if the not, it's going to be a late round. Yeah. So, but yeah, Isaiah Pacheco rose the most for, of all rookies between May 2022 startup yeah. and January 2023. So that that's the uh, interesting one. I don't have a um, I don't have any brain teasers this week because it was a live rookie draft, so there was not much I could really come up with um the only thing i did want to say is go check out the um at underscore ukfc and thank you dan for joining is there anything you wanted to plug i know you've got your full list of things that you work on so is there anything on there that you wanted to um get out there uh no i just say keep an eye on i guess Naomi and myself on the flagship show on mondays um lots of good off-season content draft build up coming some fantastic guests coming on the show uh, and we started out with it, I guess, and we'll finish with it, is the, the UKFFC, 8th of July in London, uh, at underscore UKFFC on Twitter. Keep your eyes peeled this week. Something big is going to be announced that I don't believe has ever been done on UK shores, so we're hoping to bring it here for the first time ever. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. If you're not going, please do. It's all for charity. It's all for a great cause. And hopefully you'll meet some friends and learn a bit while you're there too. And, and meet us because we'll both be there. We'll be running around like headless chickens trying to uh, make sure that. I, if about I didn't meet so many people last year. I remember loads, talking to loads and loads of people last year, but not actually having conversations with a lot of people because you just don't get that luxury, do you? So. No. I felt bad because I kept running around and saying, yeah, I'll come back in a second. I've just got to go do something and then ended up speaking to them for maybe two minutes while I was doing it. What if I sat at the door and checking people in, right? I, yeah. I, I checked him in, said hello. Oh, you're so and so great. Give me 20 quid for raffle tickets, please. Right. See you later <laughs> and that was kind of my day. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is another UKFFC organizer um, has released a rookie guide. And as it's a live rookie draft, um, I thought I may as well um, shout him out. So that is Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter. Um, He's the one of the UK FFC organisers. He obviously used to host this show with me. Um, but it's only one pound and it's a 70-page guide. It is insane. He's put so much work into oh, it. Yeah. Um, you need to go over and buy it. As I said, it's a pound. It's less than a, a big bar of chocolate at the supermarket. So go and get it. I'll help you in these rookie drafts. And maybe I need to go away and have a proper read of it. So I, I had a look through it. Um, but because I don't want to advise myself, I don't want to look at it too much because uh, I know that I'll end up falling into love with some of the guys that Rich loves as well. But yeah, go check it out at Dynasty Island on Twitter. And as always, guys, stay safe and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.